Trials and tribulations, are they meant to destroy us, crush us, and annoy us? Or is there some divine purpose behind them? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight as we explore the music of a Christian symphonic metal band from Indiana known as Divine Martyr. Welcome to the live stream to all of our viewers that are out there. I hope you have your coffee and your set tonight. And as you can see, we got a house full of people. And let me go ahead and get them all uh, their mics off here. We've got Mark, Olivia, Jason, and Woody from Divine Martyr. Guys, welcome to Raven's Heart. Hey. Hello. Excellent. Thanks for having us. It is exciting because this is my wheelhouse. Symphonic metal is, uh, that's where I live. Now, I like... All types of music and long walks on the beach. No, only kidding about the long walks on the beach. But um, you mean you don't? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, sometimes depends. Depends how I love you're long doing. walks. Do you like long, long, long walks? I just got on done having long walks on the beach. Oh, there you go. I like to run. I am a runner, so that's that's what I like to do. Hey, and for those that are watching us for the very first time, uh, experiencing Raven's Heart, go ahead. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that bell. That helps us out with that nasty thing called the algorithm and helps us get these voices out, these bands out that need to be heard at this time that are producing music that really glorifies Jesus. And this is quality music. Well, let's go ahead and start with the interview. Um, your name, my goodness, that's intense. Divine martyr you really can't get much more metal than that what is the message behind the name oh who do you want to take it what do you want to take this one or if not i'll take it so you always have the guy that talks the most take it actually <laughs> that's how that works i've been talking all day at work no um i mean you know i i give credit where credit is due when we when uh so the band started in like 2016 i put a craigslist ad up and uh, one of the guys uh his name is david klingler he uh, uh he's around the area he was a guitarist and him and i were talking about what we wanted to name the band and um i think i just came up with like i won't even say the name because he was like um no so <laughs> so uh, i don't know if anyone in the band actually if, I, if they remember me ever telling them but he had a list of names and i'll be honest i was just like that's the coolest name ever man and he's like well let's use that this is like a list of five names i've i've thought of divine you know being divine the divinity of christ and martyr how we're called to be martyrs in christ and and maybe one of these days actually um, we can hope that we, we, we won't at some human level, don't want to have to go through yeah. martyrship, but, um, I think it's more so of, we will, we are willing to be martyrs for, um, for Christ, for the divinity. Um, and so that's how the name came up and, and plus it's just selling so metal. So, uh, <laughs> so we had to go with it. It does, dude. I mean, it totally rocks, but you know, when I saw the name of the band, when I first became introduced to you, it reminded me, I think it was either when I was in seminary or just after I had graduated. That was when I was in seminary. I was reading Fox's Book of Martyrs. And to me, that was probably one of the most encouraging books. I mean, it sounds so macabre, but just how God walked through those men and women as they were, you know, 
killed for the faith uh, and yeah. the glorious things and people just standing there and watching and they were getting saved as people were burning at the stake, as they were, um, you know, prophesying, as they were sharing the word and singing Psalms. You know, what are some things you guys think we can learn from those who have been truly martyred from the faith? And, you know, the one that comes to my mind, first of all, is Stephen spoken of in Acts chapter six, seven, and eight. And then we've got the apostle Peter and even men like the uh, Bohemian reformer, not Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian reformer, (laughs) uh, John Huss. What do you think we can learn from those people? Well, I think like with uh, Stephen, especially if, if we talk, if, if we really focus on his martyrdom, it, what's really impressive, like and really impressed upon me is, first of all, he was pointing to what Tanakh and Torah was pointing to. It was Jesus. It was Messiah. So he's po- going through the entire history leading up to who this promised Messiah is that they didn't see. We later, we later know it's basically to, they say to that, to the people of, of Israel, it's a stumbling block. So he's he's pointing them to the Messiah, but the, the thing that was most impactful about his martyrdom itself, while he was being stoned, what was he doing? He was praying for the people stoning him that they would uh, that they would have their eyes opened. And I hear that from, like you said, Fox's books, book of the martyrs. Um, for me, I came from actually, uh, we'll say the voice of the martyrs, um, their mm-hmm. stories. And it's the similar story. You can tell the spirit is involved. It's praying for the eyes to be opened. And that's that's the number one thing that was really like that is impactful about Stephen is like, hey, we're he's being persecuted, but he's praying for his persecutors. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, he's really got what the what's the the phrase I think they were using the last few years. He's got the thirty thousand mile or thirty thousand foot view. He's got the 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 God level view of the situation. He wants to get people to heaven. And that's his folk. So, yeah. And I like how the account of his martyrdom ends. It doesn't say that he died, but that he fell asleep. Yep. He fell asleep. How how sweet that is. I'll tell you what, we're talking tonight about heavy metal and what I consider to be heavy theology all wrapped up into one. And that's one of the things that I really like about symphonic metal bands. You can really go and do a deep dive into some things that people don't even consider a lot of times. And speaking of deep, you guys have a mission that is much greater than just producing music for entertainment purposes. God's given you a specific mission. Can you share with us what that mission is? I'll let somebody else talk. So, Um, I feel like a huge part of the mission for me with music is just showing love. I think God is all about love and just acceptance um i really loved we played pit fest um recently and i loved how there was talk of like mental health finally in the christian community mm-hmm. i think that's extremely important i don't think that it was um prevalent enough when i was growing up so i'm excited to be part of this movement um so yeah just just i just want to reach out to people and just show them that like they matter exactly that is yeah, I think, yeah. yeah i think uh at least kind of the way I interpret some of our lyrics and our approach is, is the overarching theme. And a lot of our music lyrics is, is just hope. You know, there's like Olivia, she touched on mental health. That's a big one. I mean, there are just so many trials and tribulations um, that that we often deal with in life. And, um, you know, we've, we've all been there and, and, and we know a lot of folks who've gone through those same things and that's, that's the thing we just kind of keep circling back to is, you know, we, we look to God for hope. There, there exactly. is a light in the tunnel. So, you know, don't give up, keep pushing through yep. and, um, you know, God will make a way. Yeah. yeah. I think it, I think it really resonates in, um, going to what does, uh, to go further with what Jason is saying is that really the, um, if you think about, when Christ was on the earth and you think about all the tribulations and things that people were going through, there was a lot of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really he's, he's a symbol of hope. And I think that oftentimes like we all get used to playing the, the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And I know for me, I have to like stop for a second. And even though I've played the song about, you know, I, some songs I could, I'm playing my sleep. I have I still like read or listen to the lyrics one night like I'm in, or I'm in my car or whatever and it always goes back it seems like we always tend to focus on hope like we tend mm-hmm. to focus on like people that have depression well what's the solution to that hope in Christ um you know we uh 
we hear in our heads that we're not good enough or that God doesn't really love us. And what, uh, what is actually the truth? Uh, so, (laughs) so, uh, shameless plug. That's why I went like that. So, um, you know, the, the, uh, we know that that, that that's God. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've noticed about your lyrics. We're going to dive into those in a few moments when we take a listen to some of your tracks. And I think the church, God's bringing the church and his people back around to a place of being practically spiritual rather than just being so spiritual that we haven't really helped anybody because those things such as mental health, it's like, okay, get saved and you know, you're good. And if you're not healed after you're saved, guess what? You got a problem. I mean, that's the kind of church I spent about 13 years in, uh, before I started the scale started to fall off my eyes. It's like, oh, wow, God is much more wonderful and beautiful and good than we think that he is. And I think that's something that we struggle with. It's because of that spirit of religion. We've you know, We've just been flying around thinking, oh, we're so spiritual. You know, what's the answer to my problem? The gospel. Okay. Yes, it is the answer, but there's that pastoring that has to take place to show them the hope. And I hear that so much in your in your music. Here's the big question. And Olivia, you really kind of set it up for this one. This is, I really like how you did this. You know, people go through so many struggles. And that's really what you're addressing in a lot of your music. Now, there's a lot of people who believe erroneously that, well, God's not going to allow me to go through struggles. It's going to just be all roses, unicorns, and rainbows. But that's not true either. So this is the big deep dive question for the evening. How is it that God can allow us to go through trials and tribulations and still be a good God? That's pretty deep. I, gonna, I, I can fill it if you want. I mean, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I have money, but I don't want to. I don't want to step on anybody else here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the the question is, you know, how could a loving God blank? You know, it's basically, you know, and it's to me, it's always there's a there's a refining molding process. We we've heard the analogy used a few times, and what it turns into is one thing you could say is like. Um, you've heard that I've heard this. somebody put this and I'm going to mess this meme up. So somebody chime in who, who, who can say it correctly. Um, but it says what you're going through today, how God leads you through it. Prayer prayerfully will become somebody else's user manual tomorrow. Who's going through the same thing. So this, and this is like me, it's like, Oh, okay. So we're going through, we're the first ones to go through the thicket. Okay, that's fine. Let's sharpen our machete. God shows you how to sharpen it, you know? And it's, it's, basically it's basically that we're going to get cuts we're going to get scratches we're going to get you know depression we're and everything but at the end of the day we're being driven in in that direction we're being driven to i'm going to say completion i'll I'll go on the i'll I'll go away from the western tradition i'll go to the eastern tradition i'll say we're going towards shalom wholeness there we're showing them Mm -hmm. to his church you know and that's that's it and that's what it is we're going to be the i don't want to say the author that's the almighty he gets the credit um i guess we're just the ones who uh I guess are the the lab personnel who do it, um, if you will. Um, who sh- he wrote the procedure, so um, we we demonstrate that we survive it. We show it can be done, and then we show it to the next person. Yeah. So, yeah, we're the living epistles there you for, go. that Absolutely. the author writes. Yeah, I, that that is that is Absolutely. in scripture. Yeah, I, I have to say, and I was uh, sharing this in some of my messages back and forth with you. It just amazes me how God lines up certain bands to interview to help minister to me in different things and areas that I'm working through in my life. And there's a lot of trial and tribulation that I'm going through, um, not because of my stupidity this time, which is good because there's a difference <laughs> when that when that happens. And I was like, God, I was like, you know, because uh, I was reading, you know, how Jesus promised that we'll go through tribulation, but to take heart, he has overcome the world. And I'm like, okay, so why do we go through trial and tribulation? And lo and behold, I get an email um, from somebody at work explaining the whole thing out, uh, basically in Romans chapter five, verses one through five the other day. And Mark, I have to agree with you hundred percent is what it does is uh, it's our molding process. And that word tribulation means pressure. It means um, affliction, but really that pressure and pressure is what makes us grow. And then when you read the rest of what Paul wrote in the book of Romans about rejoicing in the tribulations, that tribulation, um, it uh, worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed. It's what gives teeth to our faith, to reality. Because every, I th- really think if everything was a bowl of lucky charms, 
Uh, nobody would. It's like, okay, yeah, that's 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 easy. There's there's no substance there. It'd be like the Lucky Charms uh, that you ate. You'd be hungry at nine thirty in the morning when you ate the whole bowl at nine o'clock. So uh, it, it just uh, holds no weight whatsoever. But now I have to agree with that. And really, people need to understand that, especially in these times that we're living in right now, where it's uh, quite turbulent out there. I mean, you know, we're still dealing with the effects of twenty twenty and. World seems to get crazier on an on a daily basis. Well, let's go back and talk about some of the music. And I'd like to hear from each of you on this. What was it that drew you to symphonic metal? And Mark, we'll start with you. Olivia, Woody, okay. and then Jason, we'll we'll finish with you. All right. Uh, well, uh, I guess I, I could talk about my background. Um, uh, I came. From, I actually started in different genres, but the idea was I had it in undergrad. One of my undergraduate graduate degrees was was in music, we'll say more on the uh, electronic music side of things. Um, and the and so it's basically a composition degree with engineering attached to it. Um, but what I was exposed to was symphonic writing. <laughs> so uh, writing film score uh, and, and becoming rather obsessed, we'll say with 19th century romantic writing um, mm. and styles. Uh, so uh, then you take that in I always had this, I'm going to say mental image that 19th century writing, I know, I, I, I know there's going to be people probably even on here that are going to disagree with this, but for me, it's like 19th century writing, you hit a good 10 percentile up to about 70% of your dynamic range on a good day. And that's like, that's O Fortana. You hit 70%. Good job. Um, you can go much louder. So you can, so for me, it's like, yeah, it's logical. Let's mix metal. So we need to get up to the 80, 90%. And to pass 90%, well, you have to add like or, probably, I don't know, ordnance, cannons, you know, take Tchaikovsky to a howitzer <laughs> or something. And <laughs> then you get to the 95% style. For me, it's, it's all about like the dynamic range and the genre is like we could have we could have like crossed this threshold. And there's like this imaginary threshold that a lot of orchestras, though, they are um, they have the most incredible I'm going to say finesse of tone, technique, dynamic contrast, uh, phrasing, uh, emotion poured into that, say 10 to 70%. Um, and I'm like, well, it's like, can you just push a little more? There are a few artists now who are, you know, and there's who are actually, they're pushing the 75 percentile. But I mean, it's like, it's like now we're getting, we're adding that extra at least 20%, you know, in the dynamic range. So. I like I like the addition of the howitzers. Um, oh, yes. that's, that's what I do for my full time job is I work with howitzers. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Olivia, what got okay. you into this genre, especially as a vocalist? Yeah. So, well, I'm actually a cellist also. I don't know if you know that. Oh, wow. I did not um, know that. So being in a Christian symphonic metal band is kind of like a perfect culmination of all the music type things I've been involved with in my whole life. Um, I grew up as like playing in church all the time. I started cello when I was eight years old. Um, and then when I started playing shows like with a little indie band, every band around the area, that was like 2007, everything was metal. So that was just my exposure. I mean, that's all I knew was like metal music back then. Um, so when the guys approached me, I was like, yeah, I would definitely love to sing with you guys. Um, you know, I've always loved all types of music. I'm classically trained, but I've also enjoyed writing like pop music. So just, it's very, it's wow. broad. Um, like Mark was saying, there's all those like symphonic scores. So obviously in music school, we had a lot, you know, we had to do that um, for grades. <laughs> so oh, yeah. putting this to use now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. So, so diversified. Cellist is what I love the sound of the cello. Yes. I love the cello. Beautiful. Yeah, Woody, how about you, my friend? I'm an interesting guy. I don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cause I'm complex. Uh, I have a very eclectic taste of music. So uh, I've probably listened to every genre. Uh, I, I was a fan of uh, Yanni in my 20s i was a which i think he's an excellent composer i don't he know is. what the guy's up he to is. these days but uh his athens live performance i know jason will agree is probably one of my yeah. favorite oh, performances yeah. yeah and um um i think i always was i i'm kind of I, by trade i'm 
by my work, I have I'm analytical, so I think I tend to gravitate towards music that is kind of has a lot of different things to it. Like I get, I find that even though I listen to different types of music, from I'll listen to metalcore, deathcore, um, you know, symphonic deathcore, I find that I tend to gravitate to things a little bit, a little bit more complex than just completely utterly repetitive over and over, or else. If I gravitate to it, I get bored of it really quick. If it's not something that is more classical or symphonic or has an orchestration. And I didn't really realize that until I started listening to, well, it's probably reasons why I always listen to Yanni all the time, didn't even think about it, but I didn't really realize that a whole lot until I started listening to Nightwish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a, this whole band for the most part is a big fan of Nightwish. Jason and I have been to concerts personally and, mm-hmm. um, Flora Janssen and Annette Olsen and Tara, their whole lineup is just fantastic. And so um, I just tend to kind of gravitate more. And when the band started, the band was never, I never intended the band to be a symphonic metal band. I'll be honest. Um, actually, you might <laughs> laugh, but it was kind of intended to be kind of a creedish kind of band. <laughs> I love, I, was, I know, I, you know what? It's kind of the little secret. I'm, I'm a Creed fan. Um, but you know, I, I love Scott Stapp's voice, and so that oh, was yeah. my that was my initial idea. And then Mark yeah. came along, uh, and I really and and he started showing a lot of the work that he had already produced. And I'm like, this guy's cool, uh, and um, maybe I'll just pay him off if he'll join this lowly basis to you know his root notes. Um, and so I, you know, I, it just went from there. And I think that today, even we still haven't reached the point we can do. I don't know. With symphonic, there's so much you can do. Like just adding cello. I mean, Olivia as our new vocalist. She's like, Oh, I play cello. And we're like, yeah. wouldn't that be cool? And so, and so we made mystique and we put cello in it and we're all like, Oh, this is this sounds so much better than if we didn't have cello. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's it's funny you say that you didn't start or didn't want to start as a symphonic metal band. And you were talking about Nightwish; they didn't want to start as a symphonic metal band either. They wanted to start more like Yanni. They were is, like, is, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Almost film scoreish was kind of to almost as um, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jason, how about you? What has jo- drawn you to this genre? It's kind of funny because I'm, I'm like Mark, but almost the opposite. I I kind of grew up in metal, so you know back in the '80s and '90s, I I started with Metallica and Slayer. I gravitated toward like the extreme death metal, grindcore, that sort of stuff, you know. So I kind of reached the the pinnacle of of extremity and heaviness in music. So for me, the thing that put it over the top was adding the orchestration on top of that you know, where Mark came more from orchestration. And then it's like, okay, we need metal as like the over the top ingredient there. And for me, it was almost kind of the opposite because I had reached, like I said, the most extreme in, in music and metal and whatever. And, and so for, for kind of a change of pace, I, I gravitated more toward the orchestrated type of stuff. And then, so, you know, for me, symphonic metal was just that natural next progression, you know, it, it sort of happened organically and, and, and then, like Woody said, you know, I stepped into bands like Nightwish and Camelot, Epica, and that opened up a whole new world for me yeah. musically. And yeah, the rest is history. There's no turning back. <laughs> and one of the things I've been realizing is that in the symphonic metal genre, there's really no rules. You can do whatever you want. Um, I've always joked around about a Nightwish album. You start out with like these five really intense tracks at the beginning. And then all of a sudden you have the dulcet sound of Annette singing Meadows of Heaven. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I was, yeah, this is metal. You know, this is the most metal song ever. You know, it's, it's really kind of funny how it, you can do that. And then with Epica's yeah. new song, uh, the last lullaby, the final lullaby, they got a saxophone in. I'm like, exactly. how ingenious. Very yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, how ingenious. So yes, to all of you, to all of you, what makes symphonic metal an effective genre to communicate the truth of scripture? How do these things go together? Why do they go together? Well, well, I mean, it's like the word. It's, it's very powerful. It's very majestic. Uh, it's very emotive. And, you know, I, I think that that makes for a good vessel 
yep. to be able to kind of share and spread the word. It's just, it's sort of a, it's a very natural, very organic pairing in my mind. The dynamic contrast for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And what, when you say contrast, Olivia, what the contrast between the soaring vocals and kind of the earthy guitars, can you explain that a little bit further? Um, those contrasts as well, but um, even just like for like how Jason was saying, you know, to, to emote, um, you know, having a really huge like building section and then dropping off into like some reflective silent kind of sections. Yeah. Kind of yeah. gets you in the reflective mood. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Because uh, if you think about, we'll talk about scripture, we'll take it to scripture. Not all scripture is peaceful meadows. Some is very, we're going to say very, I don't want to say dynamic or harsh, but I'm going to say kind of in your face, you know, mm-hmm. Jezebel was thrown from the wall and eaten by dogs. That's not something you'd put to a, you know, a tranquil moonlight sonata style piece, unless you're, <laughs> Jezebel. you know, it's, it's fairly metal, you know, mm-hmm. it's versus, you know, the story, the passion about love, you know, the verses about like true love about, especially a lot of Messiah's teachings there, there you wouldn't actually play bombastic power metal, you know, yeah. for the way well, you could, but I mean, you know, it's, it, that would be more of a reflective section. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, really, I, it ties in, really ties in well with scripture. So. I mean, and, and to take it a step further, like in terms of um, kind of maybe outside of that and more into kind of a band, like, like how does it work going out and playing amidst everyone else i think it's worked really well for us because people i don't know of any other symphonic christian metal bands i don't know really of any that i can think of that are that way um i've heard some people compare us to different bands and no one can really put a, i think a finger on kind of what our genre is and i think that makes us unique and i think that 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 makes people kind of like stand up and kind of their ears go up and like, what is that music? Or maybe I'll go listen to that band and, and hear what they have to say. And then, you know, they find out we're a Christian metal band and they're like, you know, okay, you know, and they're, they're hearing the lyrics. And so I think that kind of brings more people to the table. I think otherwise, otherwise, if you're just another heavy metal band, um, it may not, it's effective, but I think that this kind of makes their ears perk up a little bit more and kind of figure out like, you know, what's going on there. Cause they're not used to it. That's a really good point. And you guys, you're serving up a porterhouse steak. When you play your music is <laughs> on par and on quality with the European symphonic metal bands. It's not like you're trying to do something you're doing it. Um, and I only know of two other Christian symphonic metal acts uh, and I've interviewed them both. And when I found you guys, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, here's here's another one. This is this is awesome. You know, I want to dive into one of your tracks right now uh, more than what you are so that people can listen to what we're talking about, because there's some people that just they hear what we're saying. But I want them to experience Divine Martyr. What is this song more than what you are about? So say I can jump in with a lyric. The lyric content was originally written by previous vocalist Natalie, um, and it was it was the proverb about a seed cannot bear fruit unless it goes into the ground and dies, and then it'll it'll spring forth and grow hopefully a crop of of, of fruit or whatever it's supposed to grow for people. Um, that seed though has to go through that dying process prior to doing that. So it's an illustration of that theme, and that's where the lyrics are really pointing to. Nice, nice. Well, this is More Than What You Are by Divine Martyr.
That music fans is a choice cut of steak. That has got everything in it. We've got comments that have come in and I want to bring these up. We've got Dave Harvey from Millennial Rain, uh, the band Millennial Rain out of Texas. Um, It's good to have him. He says, not to mention, this is going back to uh, using uh, symphonic Mm -hmm. metal to share the truth of scripture. He says, not to mention, it's a common, uh, not a common genre for a Christian band. It stands out on its own merit. And you guys, uh, God's using you. There is no question about it with your talent that you have, your your backgrounds in music. You're putting out a quality, quality. You're, 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 you're doing music with excellence. That's the best way to describe Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. We've got Tiffany uh, Shelton. She says, hey, Lithos Cry fam. Hello, Divine Martyr. And we've got Sam. He says, hey, DM, first chance um, I've had to comment. Going to have to schedule some shows together in 2020. There you go. (laughs) What else, Sam? Absolutely, Sam. Absolutely. (laughs) That is awesome. Guys, I want to go back to, um, there's a verse in this song that's really just kind of been resonating in me. And I, I want you to minister to me a little bit here. Your dream, it's who you are. Um, in this song more than what you are. What do you mean by this? What role do dreams play? Can you expound upon this a little bit? Yeah, I can a little bit by interpretation of, of, like we said, Natalie wrote wrote the lyrics. It's the idea of, it's coming from a crossroads. The the base of the song is coming from a crossroads of, is this all I'm ever going to do for the kingdom? Or is this all I'm ever going to, you know, be, can I be used in, in more of a way? What, you know, it's more of like, is this a, you know, it's in it. So it's, I'll say melancholy. Um, I, I, I don't actually know the, the mood it, it was written in, but it, it's basically the idea is a message of hope. Like we were talking about earlier. And it's basically a dream of not just being where you're at, being stuck here. And like we said earlier, the refining process um, it's, this is the growing process. And that's the whole point is like, the dream is to be more than just, we'll say if you're a sapling, it's you're a sapling's obviously going to grow. You know, um, if you've just budded root, then, then it's going to, you know, then it's going to grow, you know, as long as the soil, the water is right, you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the idea is it'll grow, take time, you know, and that's what it is. The Lord will use you. So it may take some conditioning first, the Lord needs to do on you, but if you're correctable, you have the correctable heart, He's going to use you and he'll point you in the direction he'll, and he'll, he'll give the increase. So That's beautiful. Um, very profound. And this goes back to something we were talking about earlier uh, that Olivia had brought up about really getting in there and helping people and, and shepherding them in the love of God. Um, many churches, a lot of that, that I've had experience with are dream crushers. Okay. It's like, yeah, the thing is, and I've seen this uh, and I'm like, okay, this is just really kind of uh, an oxymoron that you're putting out there. You have a guy who's like, well, my ministry name named after me and his big thing is, well, God doesn't need you. Okay. Well, now we know he doesn't need us, but the thing is, is he wants to use us and he wants to partner with us and he wants to fellowship with yep. us. And what I get from that lyric is that the dreams that God has put inside of us are not just wild fantasies. Um, they're things that he's put in us desires to do. If you're walking in that alignment with him mm-hmm. and you're in the word, you're no, you're going to know what you've been called to do. And it's those things that um, God's put in you ever since childhood. And I'm going to show everybody something here. Just let me do this real quick. I have, how many of you remember these little rock concert things from the 70s? Little Pet Rocks, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's when Pet Rocks, yeah. So it's all these little pebbles on this big rock that says rock concert. I've had that since I was about eight years old. And just looking at those things, and I went back and I took a look at uh, a picture of my room when I was growing up uh, as a teenager, and I had that rock concert concert. little rocks next to a Bible next to my stereo on my bookshelf. So I'm like, Oh, there it is all right there, you know, and here we are doing this. It's it's just crazy. So don't, don't lose those dreams. And Michelle, she's, uh, she's weighing in and says, what a good message. Lord, give me a correctable heart. Use me as you see fit. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. 
and she also likes the pet rock rock concert. You know, <laughs> we need to bring that back. Uh, yeah. A new style. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be really cool. I, I want to address something else because your music entails all sorts of varieties of vocal styles, and one of the vocal styles is the guttural vocal yeah. style. And I know that there's many believers that when they hear guttural vocals, their immediate reaction is demons. <laughs> you know, it's demons. Um, I, I did that at one time too, and uh, had to grow out of that. Uh, how would you explain the role of guttural vocals in your music to somebody who might think that it's demonically induced? I mean, I, I think Mark touched, I mean, you know, one of the earlier questions he talked about, you know, in scripture, sometimes it's quiet and reflective. Sometimes it's, it's, it's very unfriendly and unpleasant. And, and I think the different vocal styles kind of draw from that and, and reflect that a little bit, you know, sometimes the message is, is, is beautiful and, and, and peaceful and sometimes it's not. And so I think that that dynamic range allows us to kind of emote that a little better, a little more effectively. Yeah. Would you say it's like a paintbrush, different type of paintbrush that you're using oh, yeah. to paint a different? For sure. It definitely gets your attention. And uh, I did not get turned on to guttural vocals until I started listening to Epica. Now, oh, I would yeah. listen to the first of the songs without the guttural vocals because I just didn't get it. And then I was like, okay, I really want to understand what he's, what Mark Jansen is singing. So I started to read the lyrics I was like, whoa. And then, you know, I listened to a lot of stuff on vinyl. So I upgraded my system so I could get a better sound. So I could actually, you know, really pull that Ooh. out of the vinyl and listen to it. I'm like, whoa. Cause a lot of times it's kind of like a, it's like an opera sometimes going right. back and forth with two different voices. And it, it's that contrast between voices. And one of the things that I found very interesting as I was uh, researching all of this, when you read um, scripture and, the translation of what it sounded like when John the Baptist preached. Um, it says that he cried like a raven. And if yeah. you listen to a raven, when a raven cries, it's not, not pretty. It's actually pretty annoying. <laughs> very, very piercing. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, one of the things that symphonic metal bands do very well is write very emotive songs like we've been talking about songs that just really cause a lot of introspection and we have a song that you have done uh entitled um how how do you know can you explain what this song is about it was uh it's kind of kind of hard to explain because it's a very i think it was a very personal song for Natalie um I, I don't I wouldn't feel comfortable going into details as to why she wrote it but I think that the the message is just that you know um how uh, when you're going through life's tribulations like how do you know about God and how do you know that he's there and you know, it's like, well, here's proof, you know, he, 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 um, he cured the sick. And, and I think it's also a, re the song is a reflection point to kind of look within, right? Mm -hmm. It's not so much, it's not, it's not so, and it's also kind of almost like a, like a, like maybe a witness kind of thing where you're like, well, how do you know that you're ready for, for eternal, you know, for, um, life after death and i think it's a reminder that we have to constantly just look towards him and and um and go from there in our walk so exactly. she, she had a lot she had some other things i think uh, that was uh more personal when she wrote that and right. um yes, and did. and so it was very much a personal song for her that i i wouldn't want to go through but sure. um but i think that overall that's that's the message. Wow. Wow. Yeah, hey, yeah. Our, our comment board is lighting up. We're going to go ahead and take those comments after we listen to this song. And I would encourage everybody just to reflect upon the lyrics to the song because it's very powerful. And really, I believe the spirit of the Lord just can lead you 
in this song without really even knowing, you know, the depth behind it. So this is How Do You Know by Divine Martyr. Just ate a ribeye at Outback Steakhouse, I and mean, that is just absolutely beautiful. On the on the funny side, I'd like to say, you know, sometimes I like to shock people. I'm like, you want to hear the most metal song ever? I mean, we're gonna get so intense, and I'll play a song like that, and they'll be like, "That's not metal." I'll be like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my favorite songs to play. I, I like you know, it's like when I hear. Sometimes we go to. 
a festival or something, or we'll go to something that maybe is a little bit more heavy or other bands are going to be heavier there. We may take that out of the set list. And I think a part of me dies because, <laughs> because like I, I want that. I love playing that song. It's also exceedingly easy on bass too. So everybody now knows the secret. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's a great song, you know, kind of like what uh, I noticed William Ferguson had made mention that he had a rough three weeks and shout outs to you, man, because I, I feel you. Mm -hmm. um, and when I listen to this song, it cheers me up. Um, and that's probably why I like to play it so much. So yeah, it's definitely a great song um, that Natalie wrote and, and, I know we love playing it every time. So yeah, it is beautiful. And boy, we've got comments coming in a plenty. And thank you everybody for commenting and weighing in and joining us this evening. We've got Michelle. She's weighing back in. She says, "Hallelujah, so epic!" That is the word for this. And I know because he's always come through for me. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Jermaine with his um, hieroglyphics, uh, but <laughs> fire, hearts, explosions, fist bumps, and high fives. That is all good. Yes, he, he loves your music. And then we've got Will, who did say he really needed to hear this. We've got ministry going on this evening. Um, you guys are doing a good work this evening on online, um, and he really needed to hear that. Jermaine also sa says, powerful song, very much an epica feel to it. So he's picking out some of that. You know, when I started listening to it, um, I was like, it reminds me of very early Serenia's Sumerian yeah. Haze, mm. which is yeah, one of my, yeah, yeah, yeah that's back, but yeah. <laughs> back right. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Will says that it's, uh, uh, epic. So well produced from Jermaine. And then Sam Montgomery, we're going back here and he's talking about uh, going back to the distorted vocals. And I want to bring this up. He brings up a very interesting point. He says, I have adjusted to the distorted vocals as a mixture of war cry battle yep. can also emit extreme emotions such as anger, pain and the other. I've never thought of the anger and the pain and the other. Well, right. a great if I if I can just add, I mean, I think that there is this kind of a stigma of Christian music being, you know, like supposed to be unicorns and rainbows and, um, and I, I, you know, I, CCM music has its place, but, but I, I felt that there was a real, when I started the band, I felt there was a real need to reach out to people who are not like, they, they don't feel comfortable going to church. They don't, the CCM music doesn't, doesn't appeal to them or it doesn't really connect with them right. once again there's nothing wrong with ccm as a matter of fact we play a cover of carrie job's mm -hmm. popular song called forever um mm -hmm. and so um i think it's important to be able to go out and reach those people they're not just in the church right church has its place but we are to be out there and minister to people and there are people that just they're drawn to metal they're drawn to these kinds of this kind of a genre and we have to be able to to meet that need um so yeah what you're doing is you're speaking a language you're speaking the language of metal you're speaking in a way that they understand and when the bible talks about reaching all nations with the gospel it's not just talking about these places with geographic borders it's talking about subgroups of people metalheads mm -hmm. um you know, goth, you know, all that, all that um, is what it's talking about is all those different people groups. We're going to come back in just a moment. I have to do a quick announcement uh, for some encouragement for some of our viewers, and we will be right back. And let me go ahead and pull that up here. The beauty of being live with all the buttons that I have to push here. So <laughs> here is our pause for the cause for Raven's Heart. Hey, I'm Jennifer Benson with the band Ignescent, and we're excited to be at the Hanahan Amphitheater on May 13th, 2023 for Get Revelation Rock Fest. See you there. That's right. Get Revelation Rock Fest is going to be happening on Saturday, May 13th in Charleston, South Carolina, and our headline band is Ignescent. And as you can see this evening, I've got my Get Revelation Rock Fest coffee mug. And hey, if you like Lithos Cry, there we go. There we go. If you like Raven's Heart and Lithos Cry, we also have a web shop 
where you can get your Get Revelation Rockfest coffee mug or a Lithos Cry t-shirt. We also have Raven's Heart stickers and Raven's Heart t-shirts. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff there. If you're interested in that, email me lithoscry l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at gmail.com and if you're interested in tickets for get revelation rock fest go to lithoscry.com that's l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y.com well you can tell i've done that several times (laughs) glenn Glenn, if i may i just like to add i don't have a Mm -hmm. coffee cup but I do have something that's kind of biblical on my desk. Okay. Uh, we're, su- <laughs> we're supposed to honor our spouses. So yeah. I always have remember this. So happy wife, happy life. So nicely done. Mark, what do you have on your desk? Uh, I, I'm not a, I actually don't have a desk. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm on a remote classroom location at the moment, ah. but, uh, I was going to say on my desk, I think, uh, honestly, uh, I've got Nate Rimsky Korsakoff's uh, orchestration book and that's, and then I've got another couple of others. Um, so it's not nearly as exciting as happy wife, happy life or the revelation <laughs> mug. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle, she is actually wearing her get revelation rock fest tank top as she's listening. That is what I call a follower. That is that, that is awesome. <laughs> now, if you saw the rest of my desk that was off camera here, um, no, we don't we don't want to see that. I've got highlighters, pens, and pencils all over the place. So, <laughs> I do I do the studying and the writing, and also too. So I I'm just I'm a geek. That's really what it boils down to. Glenn is a geek. That's probably why I like symphonic metal so much. You know, you also have songs that don't have lyrics. Uh, you have instrumental songs. And they're very beautiful. One uh, that I'd like to share in just a moment is entitled Mystique. And I really want to play these songs because this is quality music. We're giving you a three play tonight. Usually we do two songs for Ben. We're going to do three for you guys because I want everybody to see the diversity and the range. Um, How do you believe God can speak to someone through an instrumental piece just as effectively as he can through a song that does have lyrics? I'll just add really quick that it's for me, instrumentals take me somewhere that vocals can't, Hmm. that words can't. So yeah, I I see myself like when I think that when, when I pass away and I go to be with the Lord, I don't think, you know, there's choirs of angels true, but I could just see like, you know, walking with him and hearing this tremendous orchestration in the background or in my head, maybe, or, or maybe it's just peaceful, but, but sometimes, like I've always said, the less you say is more sometimes. So, yeah. uh, or when you say the less it's more. Um, so yeah, for me, I just, it, it takes me to a different place. I mean, we have to take time to be reflective. We have to take time to listen. Um, We have to, you know, think about like what, how we're feeling, where we're at in life, where we need to be. And you can't always be talking to get, you know, those answers. Sometimes you need to stop and listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The instrumental music kind of is a parallel to that. Yeah, that's very powerful. I'd like to play this, um, track entitled mystique it is absolutely beautiful and you have to remember for those of you that are just tuning in right now we are listening to symphonic metal believe it or not and this is mystique by divine martyr
Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I have to do this for you all. That is Amy, our studio dog. And <laughs> she gives all three of your tracks that we played tonight her paw of approval. Um, she, <laughs> we've got a lot of comments, a lot of comments that have come in. Um, I want to go through a few of these. Uh, reminds me of Apocalyptica. Yeah, there is. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some insights. You were taking uh, taking Will on on a journey with the Lord. Uh, he says, soaring on the wings of eagles, the rifts. Cool. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. Yes. Um, and then we've got, um, let me see here. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to uh, about instrumentals with Sam. He says, there have been many times when listening to variations of Barber's Adagio for strings, mm. uh, it hits certain emotions that lyrics don't and can't. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely beautiful. Um, Just, you know, when I listen to that song, it just reminds me of how mysterious God is. We put him in this box, but he is way beyond that box that we put him in. It just, it just reminds me of that. It's it's just so, just so powerful. Um, Something else that I've noticed this evening, your music, because it is so different. Uh, we're, we're streaming on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, on the Lithoscry page, and also on my personal page uh, as well. And what I've been watching is the music has been coming on. The numbers of views have been rising each time we put a new track on. It's catching the ears of the people cool. that are listening. And I just wanted to encourage you with that tonight because usually we stay steady and sometimes we see, you know, see some spikes and then it kind of levels off. But um, it's been it's been a pretty it goes up pretty significantly when we've been playing the music. So you've been catching the ears cool. and bringing people to the table. Awesome. As, as you've said, um, before we close out tonight, do you all have anything else that you would like to share? I'm sure that we've got some new Divine Martyr fans. How can they find out more about you, follow you? You got any live shows coming up or any new projects? Yep. Who wants to take it? Yes to all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Divine Martyr Official, uh, Facebook. Um, we've got half a dozen songs in the works studio-wise at this point. Uh, one of them we're actually pretty close to releasing here, hopefully within the month. Um, we do have a show in Kokomo, Indiana. For anyone that's in the central Indiana area, we're playing in Kokomo on November 12th at the uh, Woodland Church of God, uh, playing with Relesser and Angel Machine. If you guys know who those fine bands are, definitely check them out if you haven't. Um, and then uh larger scale i guess we're, we're looking at uh, hopefully a, a full-length album sometime next year oh that'd be that'd be awesome so you, know, you gained a new fan in michelle tonight she says yes you've got a new fan for sure <laughs> and uh chris Shel- shelton going back to the gutturals he's like i'm all about some gutturals <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, we will be back next week, and I am going to have Jermaine on, and we are going to do a video reaction to a symphonic metal song from a non-Christian band. We've never done a video reaction here, and uh, I know that there's some ministries that do that very well. I don't want to, you know, go into their sphere or into their lane, but we we have to do this because I've been totally blown away by it, and we're going to do that. Jermaine from Tricor is going to be joining us next week. Uh, all of y'all, Mark, Olivia, Woody, and and um, I can't read the last names here. There we go. Jason, thank you so much. It's getting later. My contact lenses are going blurry right now. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this evening, and we will be back next week. If you guys can hold on while we close out. Um, thank you. Until next week, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.